0: You're listening to Under a Pile of Books, and I'm your host, Calvin Park. Hey, it's great to be back for uh, another weekly pod. So, I don't uh, want to spend a lot of time doing intro or whatever here. I just would really like to jump right in and start talking about books. Now, uh, as many of you know, I am on uh, the uh, Fantasy Inns Spiffbo judging team. Uh, and so, I have a kind of a a lot of spiffbo reading that i'm doing right now Uh, i'm enjoying having a great time with that and so that does mean that i'm doing a little less in terms of my normal reading to review and and just enjoy and that sort of thing so with that in mind however i did read a, a single book last week that I enjoyed very much and want to talk with you all about that I can actually talk with you, Spiffbo Books. Uh, you'll hear more about those for me as we the competition officially begins on June 1st and we get into that. So in any case... Uh, the book that I read this past week that I can talk about is All the Seas of the World by Guy Gavriel Kay. Now, uh, All the Seas of the World is is Kay's latest uh, novel, and it's set in this uh, world that he, he does uh, that's kind of an analog to Europe, uh, depending on which book you're reading this might be more Middle Ages Europe, it might be more Renaissance Europe, uh, but you know it's 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 based in Europe. The uh, there are three major religions that essentially kind of. Graph onto uh, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Uh, so you know, it, it's it feels like a familiar world. There are good, there's good and bad to it feeling like a familiar world. It it, it is what folks would probably call a low fantasy setting. And so, what that means is, they're are humans, and that's really it. Whenever it comes to kind of other other fantasy races, uh, they're they're just humans. There is not a lot of magic in the world, though there are magical things that happen, and there are uh, there are otherworldly encounters that characters have, or you know, all that sort of thing. So, all the seas of the world is set in. This, this world, which will be familiar to those who have read Kay's work before. And Kay really writes, when he writes in this world, which almost all of his novels, especially his recent ones, are set in this world. Uh, his Fiona Var Tapestry novels, which were, I think, maybe the first novels that he wrote uh, independently those are are set in the world of Fionavar, so those are different. And Tigana, which is actually one of my favorite books that he has written, is set in a different world, the world of Tigana. So that's different. Uh, however, this is, uh, you know, uh, A Brightness Long Ago is set in this world, uh, this Europe analog world, uh, The Lions of al All of those are set in this world. So, when Kay is writing in this world, he often writes concept novels. And this one, All the Seas of the World, uh, deals with ideas of identity and place, home, Coming Home, Can One Really Come Home, Exile. And I think as a result, it's a very powerful book from an emotional perspective, right? It, it's dealing with things that are relevant to all of us, even if the the way in which the characters experience these are, of course, writ large and, and, and kind of uh, maybe... Larger than what we're used to dealing with, it's still emotions and feelings and situations that I think, in many ways, we can deal with. Uh, I think the characters are engaging and real, and of course, Kay's prose is also exceptional. and And frankly. Guy Gavriel Kay has some of the finest prose I have ever read. Right? It's it's cadenced. It's lyrical. I think uh, one of the things that I, I think he really does amazingly well, and I do mean amazingly well, is that he varies not only the words he's using, uh, like from a from a vo- vocabulary perspective, but Kay also really varies the length of his sentences, the way his paragraphs come together together uh, like at every level of prose and at every level of putting together this story uh, things are are really done very well now sometimes i do think that uh, especially in this novel i felt like there were section sections which could perhaps become uh too wordy and i don't I don't mean too wordy as a criticism of the prose, but actually that like too much information is given where there's kind of a, almost an info dump, which I've not really noticed in Kay's work in the past, but I feel like there were moments in this where, you know, it just maybe felt like a little bit too much, and in fairness to him i think most of these instances in the novel were meant to pace things in such a way as to prepare the reader for a reveal or an action right and they just didn't quite hit for me there were other moments where you know in very typically k fashion he will be narrating something that is 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 going on and then he'll just tell you that that something happened uh, and then he will go back and explain how it happened. And it's interesting because it creates quite a bit of tension, and it's a storytelling device that I don't think we see very often, especially in fantasy, because we tend to have very strictly uh, third-limited perspective in fantasy. And Guy Gavriel Kaye in these books really doesn't write in a strictly third-limited perspective. It's, it's a third-person limited perspective, but it's somewhere between limited and omniscient, really. The narrator knows more than the characters, and the voice is really the narrator's voice, regardless of whose perspective we're seeing it through. Uh, and yet, in the midst of that, it's not necessarily that you know, um, uh, you know, it's not necessarily kind of this big. Uh, the narrator knows everything, or or whatnot. It doesn't feel like third omniscient. It feels more like third limited, even if you know, again it's not really strictly third limited and and the voice is the narrator's voice as opposed to really the voice of the characters. Uh, But anyway in in the end, I think All the Seas of the World, it's a beautiful novel and as in most of, you know Kay's uh, later works his works set in uh, this kind of Europe analog world uh, the fantasy elements are minimal as I I mentioned, they do exist uh, but again, this is just a beautiful story. Uh, it's I found it a lot of fun to read, and I just really connect with with Kay's prose and his way of storytelling that I think really is filled with emotion and pathos. So I appreciate that about his work, and uh, really have have enjoyed that. So uh, you know I'm glad that uh, that I was able to to kind of get this one in uh, in the midst even of Spiffbo reading. So. Uh, you know, th- this one this one hit for me. Uh, if you enjoy Kay's work, uh, if you have enjoyed books of his in the past, I think that this is uh, you're going to enjoy this one. You know, it, where it falls on the scale for you is going to vary from from person to person. But if you enjoy Guy Gabriel K novels, you're going to love this one. If you have not read a Guy Gabriel K novel in the past, but you want to. I would not actually recommend All the Seas of the World as the place where you start. It happens a little later on in the timeline, which is fine, but I think there are actually earlier novels that, if you read them first, there are just going to be some Easter eggs in this one, and you're going to know the world a little bit better. So I'd actually recommend starting uh, with all, uh, with The Lions of al which is is in the timeline of this world is kind of one of the earlier novels, or it's set as one of the earlier novels uh, on the timeline. You don't have to read these novels in order by any means. Uh, they are not, they don't all deal with the same characters and that kind of thing, but I do think you should read The Lions of al Rassan. I think that's a better place to start in this world. Or, if you prefer, you could also start with A Brightness Long Ago. And actually, I, I almost think A Brightness Long Ago needs to be read before all the seas of the world, because there are some characters that cross over. And I think if you have read A Brightness Long Ago, you're going to understand some of the crossover characters, some of the side characters that make an appearance better, and you're going to understand some of the major events of the world that play a role in the story, much better, because you will have seen those events, or at least heard about those events, in A Brightness long ago. So this is really almost more of a sequel than many of the books in in this world that Kay writes. So again, if you want, if you haven't read any of Kay's works and want to start, I would really recommend starting. If you want to have this Europe analog world, I would Recommend starting with The Lions of Al Rassan and then perhaps read A Brightness Long Ago and then All the Seas of the World. Or again, there's probably a dozen novels that he's written or close to it, half a dozen anyway, set in in this Europe analog world. So there are a whole lot that you can read. I found many, many, many of them enjoyable. Or if you want to do something completely different, Tigana continues to be uh, probably my favorite Guy Gavriel K novel. So I really recommend that as well. All right, so that's that's my reading uh, this past week. Again, I've done a lot of Spiffbo reading. Can't talk about that yet. You will hear more about that uh, in June from me. So what do I have on deck? Upcoming reads. Well, obviously, more Spiffbo reading. You're going to hear that a lot from me. Uh, however, I will be reading this week, or at least my plan is to read this week, uh, The Hourglass Throne by Katie Edwards. So I've talked about before uh, Katie Edwards' uh, Tarot Sequence is uh, a great great uh, series I really enjoy it, I love the found family aspects, Uh, so it begins with the last son, and then Uh, continues in The Hanged Man and now uh, book number three is The Hourglass Throne. It just released recently and I'm really looking forward to getting to it. So that's what I plan to read this coming week. I'm hoping actually to start it uh, within the next day or so. And then uh, next week, on next week's weekly pod, I'll be talking about uh, that, The Hourglass Throne by Katie Edwards. Uh, But I can already tell you at least the first two books in that Series are excellent, and I highly recommend them to you. If you have not read *The Last Sun* by Katie Edwards, go ahead, pick it up. It's an excellent, excellent uh, novel. Excellent start to this series, and I love the characters. Uh, love uh, the, the magic is cool. The world building is really cool. So, cannot recommend that highly enough. And actually, there is a uh, on this podcast in one of uh, our past episodes. Uh, Katie Edwards actually uh, did an interview with me, uh, and I had the opportunity to talk to him and, and talk about his world just before the second book in the series, The Hourglass Throne, released, or it might have been just after release. So I recommend if you're interested uh, in learning a little bit more about him. There there are some, some minor spoilers for the first book. Uh, we tried to keep it pretty spoiler-free, but there are a couple minor spoilers for the first book. But you can go back and listen to that uh, interview with Katie Edwards uh, all right, so what else uh, do uh, do we have for this week? Uh, upcoming releases. I actually wanted to, to mention here a book that released recently that kind of flew under the radar for me. I haven't mentioned it. Uh, I was aware of it, but was not aware that it was releasing. So anyway, that is Mother of Learning, Arc 2. Uh, so this is actually book two in the book-form-published Mother of Learning series. Uh, This is a really neat fantasy. It takes the magic school kind of trope and combines it with a time loop uh, that makes it a whole lot of of fun, pretty unique. uh, At times, maybe the first book in the series, Mother of Learning, arc one, you know, there there were maybe uh, a few sections in the novel where it got... uh, just a a hair repetitive or or whatnot, but I think overall the author did a good job of making sure that it was not, uh, you you know, that it didn't get too repetitive even with a a time loop uh, kind of trope there. Uh, So that was fun. Mother of Learning uh, Arc 2, Book 2, just dropped uh, recently in the past week or so and I really didn't, it didn't have a release date, and suddenly it just kind of came out. So I wanted to make sure that I mentioned that, because I did enjoy the first book. I do intend to read the, uh, the the second book when I get the opportunity, hopefully sometime this summer. So, in terms of... of other sci-fi, uh, fantasy kind of items of interest. Of course, we have uh, well, I mentioned I mentioned last week uh, Strange New Worlds uh, has recently released. It's been dropping weekly episodes. I've continued to watch those. I mentioned last week, really enjoyed it, uh, Had really been enjoying it. And that continues to be the case. Uh, I think that these episodes, it's nice to just kind of have a 45-minute, 50-minute episode uh, you can watch. Uh, and it's just fun. Uh, the characters are good it, it really feels very much like Star Trek, and that I just kind of I like that right now, and and the the hopefulness that Star Trek brings that that the future can be different, that the future can be better than the present, and markedly so. That that the possibility is there. I, I really I enjoy that quite a bit. I also have watched now the first uh, two-episode premiere of Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney+. And if you have Disney+, Plus, if you enjoy Star Wars, I think this is a series that you are going to enjoy. I thought the first two episodes were a lot of fun. I think they did, uh, did a lot of things well. I don't want to give any spoilers. I will say, I think that those who have watched the animated Star Wars Rebels series, uh, maybe are going to, you're, you're going to see some things and, and know some things and, and whatnot that I think are going to enrich this. So, if you haven't watched that, it's fine. You're still going to be able to follow this. You're still going to have a lot of fun with it. But if you watched and enjoyed Rebels, I think you definitely want to watch Obi-Wan Kenobi. So, I'll just I'll leave it at that. Again, I don't want to give any uh, any spoilers or or whatnot. But I do. I I really enjoyed the first two episodes, and I I think Star Wars fans uh, the in my opinion the television shows the streaming shows that Disney has been doing for Star Wars, uh, including the the animated you know Rebels uh, and uh, and those I I think all of those series. Uh, television series have really been where star Wars has had a chance to spread its wings and do a lot of fun things. I'm really enjoying them. And I, I encourage you to, to check it out and watch because I want them to do well because I want more of these, uh, more of these TV series from, uh, from Disney when it comes to, to star Wars. So, all right, that about wraps it up for me this week. Uh, as always, thank you so much for listening and Happy reading.